The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. And you're welcome back to The Last Word. It's Ian Guider in for Matt today. Time to find out what's on in the movies this week. Brian Lloyd from entertainment.ie is with us. Brian, very good to see you again. How good you few, Good few things out this week. Let's yeah. start with Bullet Train because Brad Pitt, haven't seen him in anything good in a while and this doesn't look like it's going to be it as well. Yeah, what I would say about Bullet Train is, I mean, it's directed by David Leach, uh, who people will know from, he did Deadpool 2, he did Atomic Blonde with Charlie's Theron. I really enjoyed it. He kind of cut his teeth as a, as a stunt director and he's now known as a sort of you know action director in demand of Hollywood at the moment um, he did Hobbs and Shaw as well which was pretty good I guess um, so what's going on in this one is, is uh, Brad Pitt is this sort of retired assassin who is on his first job back has a new attitude new lease on life doesn't want to hurt or kill people anymore he's sent not to, great if you're an assassin really, not great for if business. you're an assassin it's kind of yeah it seems like kind of a you know the wrong business to be in but in any event, he is sent on a bullet train going from Tokyo to Kyoto. All he has to do is, is grab a briefcase and get off at the next stop. Of course, what happens? Well, there are other assassins on the train. They all have different agendas, different storylines going on, and then they all intersect on the train. Um, I was really hopeful for this. I really, really wanted this to be good, especially because I think Brad Pitt... You know, he still does have something to offer. I think he does have a charisma and he has a screen presence. And I think seeing him do a kind of a broad action comedy, I think, could be interesting. Not unlike Roadhouse, which we'll be talking about later. Um, But in this, it's just... What I thought about Bullet Train was was that I felt like I had seen this film before. Specifically, I think I'd seen this film about 20 years ago when it was on the shelf of an extra vision. This Clay. sounds like it would have been a perfect vehicle for Jason Statham or something. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Jason Statham in the early 2000s, a new metal soundtrack to go along with it. Um, you know, probably turned into, you know, a, maybe a, a short lived TV series or something like that afterwards. Um, but yeah, it just has a very feel of like it's been done and done before and probably done a little bit better as well. Um, I mean, the supporting characters like you have Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, both really, really good actors. Kind of a little bit miscast in this, but no harm in it. Michael Shannon is in there. He's well, Sandra Bullock turns up in this. And again, it's just an extended cameo. I mean, this film is just, apart from Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry and then Joey King, the rest of the cast are just reduced to small little snippets. They're really extended cameos. Sandra Bullock, I mean she is only just on the phone to him every so often, doesn't really kind of factor into it, she's almost just like exposition like I said, Michael Shannon turns up in the final five minutes of it doesn't really do a huge amount in it Um, and yeah, I'm like I mean, you know, I, I wanted to enjoy this, I really really did want to enjoy this but too often I found that it was I'd seen it before, I'd seen it done better, the jokes were obvious and not in a good way. The action felt very kind of stilted and not as fluid as other kind of action films I've seen. I mean, it's passable, it's fine. I think if you saw it on a plane, you'd enjoy it, or a train, um, and you watched it for two hours, you'd get off and think that was fine and then never think about it again. Not great from that, yeah. for Brian. Uh, let's move on now because this this one has the look of something that could be really good. It is Prey, yes. which is on Disney Plus, and it is a prequel to Predator, yeah. which is one of the best action movies of all time and the most memorable. I could quote every line probably that Schwarzenegger says in that. If it bleeds, we can kill it. You know, like all these lines. Yeah, no. It, and the thing of it is, is Predator. 
it's this is going to sound like damning with fan with damning with faint praise. This is the best Predator film since Predator. I mean, there was Predators, there was Predator Two, there was Alien versus Predator, Alien versus Predator. There was Alien versus Predator Requiem. And then there was The Predator, which was out like a couple of years ago. Actually, just like I think like want to say four years ago. Um, but this is the best Predator film since and completely different from in all of those every ones. conceivable way. But then still retains the G- the DNA of it. What's going on in this one is. It's set in the 17th century in the Comanche nation. Uh, Amber Midthunder uh, plays this young medicine woman who yearns to be a hunter. Her brother's war party go out and they are attacked by this unseen creature that they don't know what it is. They think it's a beast. They think it's some sort of a bear or a wolf or something like that. Turns out it's actually a predator has landed in the middle of America and has gone on another... uh, I guess a hunting trip, if you know that kind of way. Um, I love this. I thought this was fantastic. I'm absolutely furious that they haven't released it in cinemas and that it's gone to straight to Disney Plus because I really do think this would. I would love to have seen this in a cinema because I think it's the kind of film that works best in a cinema where you're kind of locked in with it. You know that kind of way? Like when you go into a cinema, you know, it's just you're shut into the room, there's no distractions, there's no whatever, you just have to focus completely on the story. I mean, you can enjoy this on a, on a TV screen. No matter how good your setup, sure, you can enjoy it and it'll be great. But I really do think this would have benefited from a cinema experience. Because um, you're th- taking away all of the all of the rubbish of the last yes! Predator films by... It's pure. Ha- you're going back into, there's no fancy weapons. Exactly. She's there trying to outwit the Predator, who exactly. I don't think you see much of. It's not a, not the reveal to... Not very, no, yeah, very, very little of him, yeah. And when you do see him, like he's almost like a sort of... Um, a kind of not a prehistoric version of Predator but definitely not kind of the one that we have seen before and again that's so interesting like the idea of like okay well the Predators were around in the 1700s what would they have looked like back then and yeah like it is so pure like it's just her trying to survive that's it she is just trying to survive against this thing we don't need any backstory of him we don't need any backstory of her it's enough to know that you know she is just trying to get her is just trying to live through the night with this thing stalking her and the action is really well done. Dan Trachtenberg is director of this. He did uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I thought was fantastic. Really kind of underrated uh, sci-fi thriller. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this. This was a really, really solidly made horror thriller. Um, and, you know, I, it's a crying shame that it's on Disney+. Plus. Only on Disney+, Plus, not the cinema. Let's yeah. move on to the last of the movie releases this week that we're covering 13 Lives, mm. which many people will remember as true life story from a couple of years ago when a football team, Thai football mm. team, went into a cave for a couple of hours to trek and got stuck there. Yeah. Water, water, the water just... Yeah, it was monsoon season, yeah, and they were basically submerged in this uh, cave system and... Initially, everyone thought that it was basically going to be a recovery operation, that there was no way that they could survive. But this group of uh, cave divers, uh, played by, you know, Viggo Mortensen, Joel Edgerton, Colin Farrell, they decided to basically, look, let's just go in, we'll cave dive, go in, see if we can find anyone. And this is a story that gripped world attention. Oh, Everybody this was, focused was on. everywhere. I remember this. You like, even this. had a bit part being played by Elon Musk, who wanted to send in his own yeah. technology. Oh, didn't quite work. And, yeah. and let's not go through let's the legal not, issue that I don't even. I don't even want to give that man the airtime because I can't stand him but uh, and he doesn't feature in it either I mean I will thankfully. say thankfully mercifully it's the divers that are the focus of it and rightfully so because I mean it is what they did was absolutely incredible and I think the director of this Ron Howard you know he really has got that uh, that real balance between telling a thrilling story and just being like you know the, the story of survival and these men trying to work their problem kind of like the Martian you know but then at the same time 
it uh, retains all the, I suppose, like the emotion of it and the documentary kind of aspect of it that is quite truthful. Now, they do excise certain parts of the story. They do condense certain aspects of it as well. Some characters are kind of rolled into one or whatever. It's not to the detriment of it at all. I mean, I do think, you know, they are telling a Hollywood version of this story. It was an incredible rescue because yeah. you have to, you're taking, okay, experienced rescue divers, but taking... Teen, not even teenage some of them were barely 12 years yeah. old like you're taking young boys who have never dived before ever for hours I think they four hours four hours for four each hours. person for each person yeah and they had to come up with a way of like okay we can't train them to be divers how are we going to get them out and they, then they kind of describe them as packages and uh, Joel Edgerton plays the anesthesiast who actually works out the concoction to basically knock them out so that the lads the divers rather can uh, drag them out. I mean, it's very, very well directed. It is one of the best prime video uh, films I've seen in quite a long time because they're kind of like Netflix. Like they just seem to just sort of crank them out bit by bit. But this was very, very well done. And yep. again, I would have loved to have seen this in the cinema. Like it's, it's such a shame that two of the best films uh, out in cinema, the two films released this week, two best films this week are all on streaming services. But sure, there we go. Let's move on to some of the other movie news this week. A uh, film we're actually not going to get to see, so I don't know why yeah. we're talking about it, but Batgirl has been cancelled. Yeah, 90 million down to Swanee. Um, this is HBO we're going to show it. HBO Max we're going to show it, yeah. This was the initial plan for it, yeah. And by all accounts, the film was more or less complete. And Warner, Brother, Warner Brothers Discovery, I should say, uh, took the crazy decision to basically shelve the entire project. They also shelved another animated film called Scooby Holiday Haunt as well. That one was nearly finished and just decided to throw that. So they've actually heat. filmed. They filmed Batgirl in its entirety. Yeah. And so, I mean, they were, I believe they were kind of in editing post-production or whatever. But yeah, the film was had wrapped shooting, uh, was more or less in the kind of the production, the post-production stage, and then Warner Brothers just pulled the plug on it. Uh, Ninety million gone. Uh, Michael Keaton good gone. Michael Keaton, J.K. Simmons, Leslie Grace was playing Batgirl. Yeah. Brendan Fraser in it as the Brendan Fraser in as well. The directors of it as well. They did Bad Boys for Life. They're these upcoming directors did a really really good job with Bad Boys for Life. I was excited to see this. I mean, I, the, the the sort of um, the publicity stills I had seen of it were interesting now there's lots of theories as to why Warner Brothers decided to do this chief among it is is that this is actually works out for tax reasons of course you being a business reporter would know more about this than I would but there was some there, the, one of the leading theories is, is that Warner Brothers basically are going to use this to write off tax for the next couple of years another one is is that they are so afraid because the merger of Warner and Discovery, they're so spooked about their stock price that if any film is released and it doesn't, it isn't an immediate hit and it adds to negative uh, investor sentiment, it will drive the price down and then obviously make the deal no longer suitable for everybody. I don't know. It's just crazy. But and I mean, it's it's. I mean, I've I've talked to people who are in Hollywood who've worked in production and worked in development, and they've said in thirty years. This is unheard of. But on the back of the success of the Batman last year, which was I thought was a great film. Yeah, I, me too. There's a lot of appetite now for Batman movies. And seeing as well Michael Keaton playing Batman. Again, yeah. I mean, that was the Batman I grew up with. I wanted to see him back in the suit. Um, I don't know. I mean, this. I think this is going to be talked about and analysed and theorised for years and we're never going to get to the bottom of it. Now let's talk about something which we mentioned at the very start and it's a movie that is going to be also shown on Amazon Prime. They are remaking a 1980s movie which I love yeah. I know you love too as well which is Roadhouse and it starred Patrick Swayze as a bouncer. No, it's, he was a cooler. 
He was a bouncer. He was a cooler. The other guys on the floor, they were the bouncers. He was the cooler. That <laughs> distinction is important. <laughs> this, uh, it's being remade with Jake Gyllenhaal is now making... The, yeah. The, he's going to be the lead out. He's going to be the cooler who plays an MMA fighter, an ex-MMA fighter. So who do you need to give a bit of advice on MMA? And looks looks like he's going to be in it too. Conor McGregor. Yes, Conor McGregor, everyone's favourite MMA fighter. <coughs> Uh, is going to be in this. This is going to be his first uh, acting role. Interestingly enough, he was originally supposed to be in The Predator, which I was talking about a few moments ago. He was originally slated to star in that. That was going to be his first lead role. And for whatever reason, he backed out of it. And now he's doing this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm reticent uh, about this, to be honest, because I think Roadhouse was just such a classic. The idea of Patrick Swayze can't really imagine anyone else in the role. I mean, Doug Lyman's a good director, but I don't... I mean... Classic 80s movie that you really yeah, have to see. see. How it's can like you make it again? Like, like when they remade Point Break. And, oh my God, that was terrible. That remake was Another awful. Patrick Swayze classic film from the 80s that yeah. they shouldn't have remade. And Red Dawn. That was another terrible remake as well. So, yeah. Oh, don't make don't remake these movies. They were classics. Come up with something different. Come up with something new. Come on. Like. Brian Lloyd, thank you very much for that. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-